This is the podcast for busy professionals just like you who want less stress and more success. I'm your host, Therese Reichenberg, and I'll be sharing a unique blend of productivity, mindset, and innovation strategies to help you get results faster, but with a lot more fun. Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Less Stress and More Success. I haven't been um, recording for quite some time, so I'm back, and you can look forward to a weekly podcast on productivity and mindset strategies to help you work better, to help you be more productive, to have less stress, to have more fun, and to literally create more success in your life. So stick around. There's going to be some amazing topics that we'll cover over the next few months. Okay, so this episode is all about how to work better by working less. And recently, there was a pilot project that was launched in the UK with about 70 companies, and they are all offering a four-day work week to their employees. This project is a trial, so they're looking at it like a study and doing some measurements to see how effective it is with the potential to roll this out across more companies in the future. And it's based on this 100 for 80 for 100 model, which means 100% of the pay for 80% of the time and in exchange for a commitment to maintain at least 100% productivity. And the project's going to be run for six months, and there will be assessments to measure the productivity as well as the well being of the employees. And at the core of this trial is this well being, what it is that they want to achieve to get more well being with people. Because after COVID and all of the lockdowns, so many people have realized that the impact of staying at home or being more at home and having more time with loved ones, as well as you know, the impact that we've all experienced with loss, the loss of some loved ones or, or people we know, it's also reminded us of what are the most important things in life. And that's about our lifestyle and our well-being and having more time to actually enjoy our life and enjoy the time off that we have. There's also a lot that organizations are trialing and making decisions about right now, like hybrid working and you know, full working from home or four-day work weeks and six-hour days, etc. So there's lots going on, lots of decisions being made. There's lots of interest in this area right now. But regardless of whether you're working, you know, uh, working four-day work weeks or five-day work weeks, or if your circumstances have changed or not, we can all get better at working better. We can all get better at working more efficiently and more effectively so that we can work less, so that we can have more time to enjoy the life that we want. I mean, why do we work in the first place? We work so that we can enjoy our lives. Also so that we can have more space to think. You know, we want to be able to be productive during our week so that we have this time, even in our workday, to have more space to think, to have more space to be more strategic. And then you know, having that time off. And when we are able to take the time off to enjoy our evenings and our weekends and our holiday time so that we can do that 
without stressing or worrying about work. We can do that and really focus on relaxing and recovering and recharging. But I know most people right now are still working 40 plus hours every week, week, not including the time that they spend after hours checking emails and taking calls and catching up on projects. And if that's you, that's not a problem. We're going to talk about that. I think part of the problem has been this COVID pandemic, which has also created this blurry divide for people who are working from home. And then they're not sure if they're working from home or living at work. And it just makes it really hard for us to switch off and to know when we're in these different roles, when we're, we've got our work hat on and when we've got our home hat on. But I do know that everybody could use the help on even, you know, even people who are working four-day work weeks and even people going through this trial, I really certainly hope that they have the support to understand why we are working more than we should. You know, why are we actually working too much in the first place? I think that's a really important to ask, an important question to ask. Because if we don't understand that, then we don't know what to change in order to help us work better so that we can work less. So that's where we're going to start. We're going to start with the question, how do we know if we're working too much? And one of the most obvious signs is you get to the end of the week and you feel exhausted. So if that's you, if you feel exhausted at the end of every week, then I can hazard a guess that you're probably working too much. And possibly it's because of inefficiencies, but we're going to talk about that. And, you know, many people deal with this. It's not just you. I've, I, for one, also deal with this on an ongoing basis and I have to check and correct all of the time. But by the time Friday comes, and for some people that may even be Wednesday, we're sometimes just ready for the weekend. So if that's you, this is how you know you're working too much. But there's also a very clear distinction between working too much and being productive because they aren't the same. You can work too much without being productive. And you can be productive without working long hours. And it all comes down to managing your energy and attention. Because when you're exhausted and fatigued and feeling like you don't have enough time to think or breathe or have a break during your day, or you're switching between multiple tasks and roles, that's hardly the best place to be in for maximum productivity. But if you can manage your energy and your attention, you can manage, you, you can maintain deep focus time when you need it. You can be alert and ask the right questions in meetings. You can effectively deliver more impact in less time. So you can work better by working less if you're managing your energy and your attention. But it's going to take some shifts in how you think about your time and how you think about your productivity. So let's look at, we're going to first look at the, the three reasons why you might be working more or harder than you should and why you're draining your energy, which is reducing your overall productivity. There's three main reasons. And we're going to look at what's actually happening, the actions behind it. But then we're going to look at what you're thinking. Why? Why are you taking these actions, perhaps? Why are you doing these things? When we can understand why, we can make the shifts and the changes that we need. So the first thing is, you might have too much on your plate. And this is probably because you haven't said no, or you're prioritizing too many goals at one time. 
And this is incredibly counterproductive. When we try and do too much, uh, you know, it's easy to say yes to more tasks and to add more tasks to your plate, your plate. And it always feels good to say yes and volunteer and put your hand up and take on more. But then we spend our weeks frantically trying to stay on top of everything and end up not completing as much as we could because we are feeling overwhelmed and stressed and we aren't able to spread our attention so thin across many different things. And one of the exercises I often get my clients to do is to write down all of their tasks and to allocate them onto their calendar. This is called time blocking. If you haven't heard of it, I will be chatting about it in upcoming podcasts, but time blocking is a really great way to plan your week. But when my clients first do this exercise, it's very interesting what happens because they often come back to me and they say, well, there just isn't enough time to get everything done, everything that I want to do in the week, or they show me their calendar and there are meetings and tasks that are overlapping. They've double booked themselves in multiple places. Or they show me how they've allocated 30 minutes to work on a strategic presentation or a strategic document. All of those things are completely unrealistic. When you're able to visually see your priorities in your calendar overlaid with the time that is actually realistically available to you during your workday, only then can you, can you see what you've promised to do, what you thought that you could do. And only then can you see whether it's realistic or not realistic. Because yes, you can take on more work, but when you actually visually see it on a calendar with your time overlaid, you realize that even though you can take on lots more work, it doesn't mean that you should. It doesn't mean that you actually can effectively deliver on it. So the first step is to have compassion with yourself, knowing that realistically, there is only so much that you can achieve in a day. Also being realistic with realistic with how long you think something will take. I find that clients often underestimate the length of time that something will take. And, you know, they give themselves an hour when it should actually be three hours. So be kind to yourself when you're, especially when you're first starting, starting out to time block your calendar. And if you think that a strategy document is going to take you three hours to complete, then give yourself four hours, especially if you don't know how long it's going to take. And it will just be a bonus if you complete it earlier than that. So you will feel exhausted if you get to the end of the week trying to squeeze everything in and it's completely unrealistic. And then what often happens with clients is they end up beating themselves up for not getting it all done. So don't do that. No one should be beating themselves up for not achieving something that was unrealistic to begin with. I really love the story as well of Mike Flint, who was Warren Buffett's airline pilot. And as any great leader would do, Buffett was chatting with Flint about his career goals and aspirations. And he asked Flint to write down his top 25 career goals. So Mike Flint wrote those down. Then Buffett asked him to circle the top five goals. And Flint did exactly as he was told. He circled the top five, his top five goals. And then Buffett asked him, he said, what about the 20 goals that you didn't circle? And Flint responded. He said, well, those top five are my primary focus. 
But the other 20, they come a close second. They're on my do later list. They're still important, so I'll plan to continue to work on work towards them, maybe a little bit here, a little bit there. And uh, Buffett responded and he said, no, 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 you've got it all wrong, Mike. Everything you didn't circle just became your avoid at all cost list. And no matter what, those things get no attention from you until you've succeeded with your top five. And I'd like you to think of the story in the context of your weekly to-do list. Circle the top three to five priorities that realistically can fit in your calendar with enough time to complete them and with breathing space in between for unplanned changes and then everything else goes on your avoid at all cost list. You either delegate it or you delete those items completely. You have to be able to say no to all of these nice to have so that you can say yes to those top three to five priorities. We also need to understand, right? So this is that is the, the action point, but we also then need to drill down a bit deeper because it's all very well saying, have your top three to five priorities and make sure that you focus on just those. But I know what happens. Realistically, you get into your week and then opportunities come up and then you're, you're thinking, oh, I need to add this on and I need to that, add that on and it's not possible. I need to have 10 priorities. So we need to understand why. Why are you saying yes to too many projects? And the reason why always stems from a thought, what we're thinking. And one of the biggest culprits for the majority of people that I speak with, the majority of clients that I, that I chat to and that I coach is they're thinking, I'm not doing enough. That's what they're thinking. I'm not doing enough. So if you think this thought, then you're probably not saying no to many projects. You've got too much on your plate because this thought is never helpful. It, there will never be enough. The thought will continuously, if you continue to think that thought, you will continue to always feel like you're never getting enough, like you're never doing enough. And when you're thinking that thought, you end up taking on too much and then not completing most of those tasks or completing them at a lower quality and never feeling like you're getting to the end of your list. The first thing we need to understand is that it's coming from this thought and if you're willing to let that thought go and believe that you are doing enough, then you'll start to be able to change your actions. And the thing about enough, I mean, what is enough anyway? The only way that you'll ever be able to know is if you define it, is if you're completely clear about what is enough. And when you answer that question for yourself, perhaps what you'll answer it with is the top three to five priorities. And then you'll realize, okay, I don't have to have so much on my plates. I can just focus on these top three to five priorities and get those right. And when I've completed those, then I can move on to the next. And that is enough. Re reality is also enough. Being realistic with ourselves and about our time and about our calendar and what we can effectively achieve, that's also enough. So that's the thing to realize is that it's all stemming from this thought of I'm not doing enough. But when we can answer and define what is enough, then we can start to change our actions. Okay, so the second reason why you might not be working or why you might be working more than you should is you're probably not delegating. 
and you're giving time to too many low impact and low return tasks. And one of the things that I do with my clients is I get them to do an audit of the number of hours they spend on certain types of tasks. How many hours on admin work and email? How many hours of deep thinking or strategic work? How many hours in meetings, et cetera? And then we look at the percentage breakdown. And often it's, I mean, this is summarized, but often it's something like 60% of time is in meetings, 30% on admin and emails, and 10% on strategic work. And then I ask them, what do you want to get good at? Right now, you're getting really good at being in meetings and doing admin and emails. And as a leader, you need to be constantly assessing where you're spending the majority of your time because that's what you're going to get good at. And you get to also decide and give more time to the tasks that will give you the biggest return for your time investment. So this probably means you have to delegate a lot of your current tasks and prioritize the most important high-return, high-impact tasks over some of the other low-impact, low-return, nice-to-have tasks. And if you resist delegating, you need to ask yourself why. Why are you not delegating? And again, this all stems from underlying thoughts. And the culprits are often something like, well, I can do it faster or I can do it better. When you're thinking, I can do this faster or I can do it better, you're not going to end up delegating. You're just going to do the task. And I mean, when I have this discussion with clients, what they often say to me is that it takes them a lot longer than they think it's going to take them. So it's not actually faster. But we never, if you're thinking those thoughts, then you never delegate and you always get better at doing that thing that you should be delegating, that low return, low impact task, like creating spreadsheets. And I have to say, nobody ever progressed to being the CEO of a large organization by becoming really good at building spreadsheets. So you've got to ask yourself, what are the things that I want to get good at? And for everything else, delegate. And to let go of the thoughts of I can do it faster or I can do it better because that's not going to help you delegate. It's not going to help you to spend the time delegating, training someone to be able to take on that task that you don't need to do. Because it is actually illogical to think I can do it faster because yes, you may be able to do it faster in the short term, but in the long term, it's going to take you so much time that you can be investing in something else, something that's going to give you a much bigger impact on your career development, but also on your business and your results. So the third reason why you might be working harder than you need to is switching. Switching is when we try to multitask and constantly change between different tasks. We use a lot of brain energy when we do this, especially when switching between tasks of a varied nature. And switching can happen between tasks during your day, but it also happens when we're switching between our work and our personal lives. And I'd like you to imagine, like just to give you an an example of how switching works, I'd like you to imagine that you are warming up some tasty food in two separate bowls by using the microwave oven. And after 10 seconds of warming one bowl of food, 
You open the microwave door, you remove the first bowl of food, and you switch to warming up the second. And you keep switching the bowls every 10 seconds in the microwave, trying to get both bowls of food perfectly warm. And by the time you get both bowls of food warm, you've wasted a lot of time. You've raked up quite a bit more on the electricity bill. And you're probably exhausted from opening and closing the microwave door 50 times. And of course, this is a metaphor. <laughs> but what I want you to think about is this is what happens when you're switching between tasks every single day. This is what happens to our mental and even our physical energy when we're constantly switching between tasks or between different roles within our day. And you're probably switching. So, I mean, you'll know if you've been switching, if you've been doing some of these things. When you're trying to multitask, perhaps when you're checking emails during meetings, when you get distracted, that's absolutely when switching happens, when you're distracted by people or an email pops up and you quickly check the email or a chat, or you, you know, suddenly think about scrolling social media or getting a notification. Another way that you are switching is when you're when you pick up your phone while working if someone calls you or like I said there's a notification or you scroll to check something we're also switching when we're working after hours because when we're working after hours we're in our home environment and we have this role of being in our home with our loved ones and then suddenly you've got to switch back into your work role into your work brain into the thinking that you you require for your work and you go from being relaxed to being stressed. And that is also a type of switching. And a lot of people do this when they're checking or sending or responding to emails after hours. So if that's you that's continuously switching between tasks or switching between your work brain and home brain, it's no wonder that by the time Friday comes, your brain is fried and you feel exhausted. So the way to overcome this switching and to actually manage your efficiency, manage your energy and attention a lot better is to reduce switching altogether. And we have to really be cognizant of when we're doing it, create awareness around when we're doing it. But the first thing that you can do is to schedule your tasks like you would meetings. Time block them into your calendar. It's almost it's it's exactly that, scheduling your tasks exactly like you would a meeting and giving time allocation to it. Because then you give complete focus and attention to what you've allocated time to do until that is completed, until that time block is completed. And also give yourself a complete rest time from work after hours. So that allows you, the time block will allow you to focus at work. But when you're away from work, when you're at home, you also need to Shut yourself off from work during that time. Give yourself the opportunity to really relax and recharge without checking emails, without um, uh, you know finishing work, without catching up on to-do lists and things like that, without stressing about work and worrying about work. Because even that, even those thoughts can create switching and um, a mental drain on your energy. I know a lot of people say to me that they, you know, they need to be available for emergencies after working, after working hours. And that's absolutely fine. But there are only, I mean, 
we always think that there's an emergency every single day and that's how our brain works. There really isn't an emergency every single day. We can create a protocol for emergencies where you somebody has to call you instead of being emailed or WhatsApped. That is a true emergency. If, if, if someone needs to call you, then you know that it's an emergency. And that very rarely happens. And we don't need to be checking emails after hours. But let's look at the reasons why we switch. Because there's something that's underlying this and the behavior and the actions aren't going to change unless we understand what are we thinking? What's actually happening that's driving us to switch? And why does our focus get distracted so easily? Easily, And it's because, again, it's because of the mindset. What is it that we're thinking while we're doing this action? What is it that we're thinking that drives us to this distraction? And the interesting thing is it's because of an urge. It's because our brain wants us to feel good. And there could be multiple thoughts at play here. So for many people, it's often thinking things like, uh, I need a break, I need a rest, or um, things like, um, I want to feel good right now, or I deserve to check social media. Um, what's really happening is the brain is giving us an urge. It's saying, you need to feel good right now. And very often, this is because we're working on something that's challenging, it's difficult, we have to give our focus and attention to it. And all we need to do is manage the urge. First, become aware that this is what's happening. It's just an urge. It's just our brain saying, oh, look at this new shiny object. Oh, look at this notification. Oh, look, maybe I'm needed. Maybe I'm wanted. If you're acknowledging that, then you can realize that actually it's just an urge from the brain. It's just trying to make you feel temporarily good because it's not going to help you in the long run. And we don't need to give in to these urges that our brain gives us. We don't need to acknowledge and check every single notification that comes through. We don't need to keep picking up our phone while we're working. We don't need to be checking our emails during meetings. We don't need to be working after hours. We really don't. Especially if you're managing your to-do list and you're allocating time realistically, you don't need to do any of those things. It's just, if you just acknowledge that it's just the brain trying to make you feel good temporarily in that moment, then you can realize, okay, that's fine. I understand you brain. I'm not going to give into this urge. I'm just going to carry on with what's in front of me. We can all work better by working less. And yes, you can do this. You can work better by working less. And you can do this by like I said, number one, not taking on more than you need to, not putting on too, too much on your plate. You can also do this by focusing your attention on high-impact, high-return tasks and delegating everything else. And you can also do this by reducing your switching and increasing your focus on the task in front of you. But the real truth is what's underlying all of those actions, what's underlying all of those behaviors. And the real truth is that productivity is all about our thoughts. What are you thinking about the work that you do? What are you thinking about yourself and others while you're doing your work? Yes, these tips and tricks and hacks can help. These actions that I can recommend that you do, but you're only ever going to change 
if you first acknowledge what's happening in your brain, what you're thinking that's stopping you from taking the action that you want, or the thoughts that are driving the actions that you don't want. So keep listening to this podcast every week where I'll be sharing more productivity and mindset insights that will help you have less stress and more success. And if you want more one-to-one support, then book a free consult call with me at my website, TheraeRikenberg.com, T-E-R-E-Z-R-I-J-K-E-N-B-E-R-G.com. We will go through a mini strategy session based on your specific goals and challenges. I hope to see you there. And otherwise, I will see you next week.